Hello and welcome to the Learning to Mum podcast, a podcast dedicated to talking all things being a mum and all things being a female. The latter I feel much more qualified to talk about. I'm passionate about the honest accounts, the raw reality and all the highs and lows that come with motherhood. So welcome to this podcast hosted by me, Kelly Beaumont. I'm so grateful to have you listening to me today. Enjoy. Hi everybody, it's so good to be back recording for season two of the Learning to Mum podcast. I wanted to drop this kind of trailer episode in just before I kind of launched season two to give an essence of what's coming up and also just give you a little bit of an update as to what's been happening in our household, just in the spirit of continuity. I know that in season one, I kind of opened most episodes with giving, you know, a a general update as to where we were and the types of things that were on my mind. So I'll do that in just a moment. But I just want to share um, what you can expect to hear from episode one of season two, which will be coming to you very soon. I am going to be discussing things all maternal mental health um, with the power of interviewing somebody who... I quite frankly believe is an inspiration the way that she talks about maternal mental health having gone through and had her own experience of it she talks about how she has lent on charitable support and there are support mechanisms out there and I think it's so important that we continue to broaden this conversation so that more people are aware of the reality of maternal mental health and some of the struggles that come with being a new mum Many of you know and have experienced yourself this kind of turbulent landscape of parenting where some days feel amazing and like you're on top of the world and then the other days you can feel like you've crashed and things are fairly underwhelming and it can just be it it, it can just be quite a lot to carry particularly if a lot of the time you're in an isolated environment um, your partner may have gone back to work or alternatively you might not have a partner and you might be doing it solo whatever your circumstances I think maternal mental health is such a vast topic and one that I feel so so passionately about it was the reason and the catalyst for starting this podcast and I am so looking forward to having somebody else share their experience of it as well because I can talk candidly about what I went through, but but I'm just one iteration of what can happen. And therefore, I'm really excited to speak to somebody who had potentially a more intense experience than I did and is now kind of safely through that journey um, and has a child who is seven years old and can talk about that whole kind of experience. So I'm so excited firstly to be talking about such an important topic and secondly to have my first kind of interview coming up on the podcast so uh, get ready to hear my interviewing skills that may leave a lot to be desired but bear with me as I navigate this kind of new venture within the podcast so yeah listen out for that coming soon I'm hoping to follow it uh, with as it being the next week um, that it'll be released on the Friday as usual the podcast is released at 
7am every Friday once the kind of season is up and running but I just want to make sure that logistically that all works so no promises but that's the aspiration that it'll be in your inboxes or wherever you get your podcasts uh, this time next week. So that aside I just want to give a bit of an update as to where we are at personally so Ophelia turned nine months yesterday which is just mind-blowing it's something that I've mentioned before in the podcast but you really really don't appreciate how quickly time passes until you're experiencing it yourself you know everybody who was parents used to say you know these times pass so quickly um the days are long but the years are short you know all that kind of stuff and you kind of think yeah yeah and then you experience it yourself and you're like aha (laughs) that's what they were banging on about and it's it is so true you know I can't quite believe that in three months time we'll be celebrating her first birthday that is just wild absolutely wild Ophelia still is not on the move so she has kind of started to get into um, a crawling position but just has no desire to seemingly want her to move there is a kind of essence of frustration but it quickly passes and she is quite happy just being sat up or um you know like you know in the crawling position without the movement um she loves standing up not not independently but she can stand up leaning on something or holding our hands her latest trick is when she sat in the bath kind of pulling herself up of the side of the bath to have a bit of a nosy as to what's happening the first time that happened we had a bit of an accident where she kind of fell and you know hit a chin there was no blood or anything like that and the tears passed very quickly but obviously it's not my favorite trick that she has learned to do but is very much an um, indication of I suspect what parenting as they are on the move will look like so I'm just kind of trying to be fairly relaxed I don't want to deter her from being you know adventurous and wanting to explore but obviously that comes with a bit of a balance making sure that she's just not fear fearless um, in instances where it might be wise to have a little bit of caution that being said, um, she is, like I said, generally just really happy despite not being um, on the move. So who knows when that'll happen? I'm not putting any pressure on it. There's times where, you know, my husband will say something about her being not being on the move or not doing something. And I can I can feel my kind of defence mechanisms kicking in. And obviously he's not critiquing her at all. You know, it's his his daughter as well. But I just feel fearless. Feel, fearlessly <laughs> oh, goodness me fiercely whew, fiercely protective of her and I'm just so aware of how different each child is you know there's many other parents and children that I know that were born children that were born similar times to Ophelia maybe slightly younger who in the kind of um, movement fears are probably further along but in other ways uh are further behind and I just think can we just not pitch you know what children do we don't we try not to do that with adults we don't think that's a healthy thing for adults so I think um we just need to let children evolve as they want to right and they learn 
through their surroundings, they learn through what comes to them instinctively. And I just, I really don't like the kind of, you know, they should be doing this at this time. I like the kind of ballpark, you know, figures and things like that, because I think it helps direct my kind of understanding as a, as a new mum. But also I just, I just think she'll crawl when she's ready to crawl. And I'm I'm certainly not wishing it to come sooner than it needs to because I can plonk her in a place and typically she's not too far away from where I plonked her you know and that's really handy when you want to do things and whatever else so I'll take it as it comes she also doesn't yet have any teeth um at nine months old I again I see a lot of babies who are younger than her who have teeth um babies who are of the same age who have a significant number of teeth but yet again what the heck can you do to will teeth to come? You can't. It's, you know, it's, it's something that will happen when it happens. I just think, oh, God, I'm just not going to. So what? So what? I mean, we've we've avoided sleepless nights as a result of teeth coming through at this point. So whatever. Right. Whatever. But, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. She is saying um, still saying Baba Dada. And Rara, we have a bit of na 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 coming as well. Still no mama, <laughs> despite all the will in the world. In fact, there was quite an amusing uh, video that I ended up sharing on Instagram where I was kind of encouraging her to say mama, and I was met with dada. So, you know, that's that's again an evolving journey. So we will see where we get to with that. One thing that Ophelia does amaze me with is her eating. She is just so open to every taste. She, at this point, has not rejected any meal, anything that I've given her. Um, And I try and, you know, vary it. But also now she's going to nursery and they're giving her three meals a day, breakfast, lunch and tea whatever you call it, wherever you are. I know there's different um, versions of what you call meals, but it's breakfast, dinner and tea where I'm from. And she eats everything. <laughs> I see a little book at the end of the day and it stipulates what meals she's had and then they can um, circle whether they have none, some or all. And it's always all. <laughs> so she's getting that variation at nursery as well and still not rejecting anything. So I just think that's, so brilliant you know that that she's just so open to all these different tastes and I really tried when I was pregnant to you know have have different foods to try and influence what that might mean to be honest I haven't done too much of the science behind it as to how influential that is but I think there is something to be said about having a very very diet when you're pregnant um and it certainly seems to have come through for us I still think it's brilliant that she is happy to have a slice of, well, a few bits of peanut butter on toast, swiftly followed by Marmite on toast. They're very different tastes and she's as receptive to both of them. But yeah, everything, absolutely everything. And I add spices into things and different flavours and still she absolutely demolishes pretty much every meal. The only time where we maybe get a slight bit of resistance is breakfast but I think that that's just because, I mean, I reject porridge sometimes. So most of the time she'll have a bit of porridge with different fruits or different purees or my smoothie. 
so I probably need to get a bit more adventurous with breakfast, but it's just so hard shoehorning everything in before a nursery day, before I'm at work and things like that. So breakfast is maybe where it falls down a little bit. But I would say that's because, quite frankly, I don't have the energy or inclination to mix it up. And I'm not afraid to say that. Um, so what else is there to share? I think that's pretty much it for Earthy. Um, she's weigh- she weighs very, um, very healthily, uh, perhaps above average in certain instances. But I think that that's probably partly down to the fact that she's not on the move. So obviously now she's pretty much on three meals a day, but she's not on the move. So it's probably one of those things that will balance out when she is and also kind of on the journey of weaning her onto less milk because well she just doesn't need it in the same capacity that she did so eventually I'm trying to get to just having her morning bottle and her nighttime bottle so yeah that that's something that I'm in the process of doing so I will keep you posted on that in terms of me, um, I was quite open in sharing that I was going through some CBT. I ended up changing my therapist. Again, I'm not sure if that was something that I updated you guys on, um, but I'd seen a therapist for several sessions and I just wasn't feeling, I just wasn't feeling it, you know, bluntly. And I think that that's completely reasonable. I think, you know, you can't just expect to be instantly connected with somebody when somebody has been a therapist for you I think it's really really important that you have that rapport you feel that psychological safety to be able to open up and I just wasn't there with with the first um psychiatrist I think that that was the official term but then I went on to somebody else and I'm now seeing a chap who is the complete juxtapose of me so, you know, physically, age-wise, whatever else, but also in his personality, he is um, much more considered in the way that he speaks. He's much, um, a much slower pace. He encourages me, I guess, to be a little bit more reflective in those sessions and slow me down a little bit, which I think is valuable. He also has picked up on the fact that I'm quite practical and you know, when we're doing the sessions, he brings things up on the screen because we're doing them over Zoom at the moment. And there's things for me to kind of work through. Um, so, yeah, it's going well. It's going well. And one of the things, the reason that I wanted to share it is because one of the things that came out, um, I actually had a session yesterday and um, he asked for an example of when I last felt frustrated. And I'd shared that it was the other morning before Ophelia had started nursery. Um, she was on the bed and was sick. And the sick went through pretty much all of the layers, which meant that I had to strip the bed, get the mattress protector off, literally everything. And it was just an extension to the morning that I really, really didn't need, to be quite frank. And I just couldn't rationalise my frustration. You know, obviously it wasn't Ophelia's fault. Obviously she hadn't done anything wrong. Um, But I just couldn't in the moment stop myself from being frustrated anyway we chatted it through and he basically said to me most parents and he didn't say mothers but most parents will have times of frustration he said 
I think it's really important to recognise that that is completely normal. Nobody is, you know, super chilled all of the time. These aren't his words, I must add, but, but of this kind of essence. And he said, I think what you clearly are doing is not only kind of dealing with the frustration in the moment, but then you're carrying the guilt of that situation happening. And he said, and I think the first step, because you're not going to have a complete personality switch overnight, he said, but I think the first step is to be a little bit kinder to yourself. And I really kind of have taken that away, not to, um, I guess, I don't know, like hide the fact that the frustration's there or not accept that that's something that I need to continue to review, but just the recognition that I think I'm certainly, and I think this can be, this is true of many of us, particularly mums, that we're just so unkind to ourselves. We probably bear the brunt of this guilt and this, well, I've spoken about mum guilt, I think in the last episode, but just this kind of expectation that we should be, you know, super great mums all of the time, which just isn't a realistic expectation. So I'm saying that out loud so that if any of you need to hear that, then you can but also just a recognition that you know it's a hard job isn't it you know being being a parent and all the stuff that comes with it so just take a little bit of time to reflect on that and if you do feel that you're getting frustrated at times and your energy is you know minimal or whatever else and you're juggling all of these things and something drops like it's normal and it's okay so you know, I'm going to practice what I preach. I'm going to try and do that the best that I can. And I'll keep talking about this openly because I think it's something that plagues us all at times. Um, And then also in addition to that, so now I'm back working four days a week. That is what I'll be doing for the foreseeable. Um, I spoke about, again, my working patterns in a few episodes ago when I was talking about identity. So have a listen to that episode if that's something of interest to you. But um, in addition to that, I have had this kind of supercharged catalyst, um, like urge to want to pursue my own um, venture. So as a qualified coach, it's something that I've been you know, pondering for several years to think about, well, what's my niche going to be? Where do I want to kind of go out into the market where it's fairly saturated? And, you know, I have a real passion for supporting women. And then when I had Ophelia, I thought, is this something in, I don't know, like returning to work after maternity? And all of these things kind of went around my head. And and whilst each of them kind of got me excited and I felt really passionate, it just wasn't it just wasn't there and it didn't give me the kind of I don't know motivation to go out and make something happen and then um I've been spending a lot of time recently in line with my CBT thinking about how I can better understand myself because I'm seeking therapy for something that I probably haven't spent enough time um reflecting on personally so I've been and, and I'm quite I've mentioned this I'm quite a practical person and sometimes I find that there's a lot of kind of softly, softly support out there, but it's not always backed scientifically. So I've been doing a hell ton of research on the science of um, internal hormones and all that kind of good stuff. And I 
absolutely feel that this could benefit so, 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 so many women out there. Um, to the point where I have put a four-week program together that I'm going to be piloting in June to help women identify what's happening in terms of their hormones, their chemicals, all of that funky stuff that happens internally and therefore what that means for externally, you know, what happens in terms of your motivation levels, your um, uh, determination, your all that, all that stuff and how by better understanding that kind of barometer um, inside, what how you can have influence and control on what's happening for you in the kind of world of work, play, home, whatever that may be. So I just feel so bloody excited that I've I've found what what it is that I want to talk about and what I want to bang the drum for. So I will share more details on this podcast in due course because I think for a lot of people listening, it could be something of interest. So I'll kind of keep dropping little snippets in and I will, as it evolves, give you more information on where you can kind of read a little bit more about what I'm doing. Um, I'm just in the process of putting a um, plan down, building a bit of a website, all that kind of good stuff. And yeah, I just, I want to open this topic and it will influence different stages of women's lives. And therefore, for those of you listening, it could be something that you're interested in. Um, so listen out for more and if you do want to kind of ask any questions in the interim and um, the best place to find me is on Instagram Kelly R Beaumont or on LinkedIn which is just Kelly Beaumont so feel free to get in contact with me and I'm happy to share any um, anything that may be of interest. So I'm going to wrap it up there and just remind you that the next episode that you'll be listening to is episode one of season two and it'll be starting with the topic of maternal mental health something that is so so important and regardless of what your experience has been um I think it's really really valuable to listen to how other people have experienced it again it might be something that allows you to be a little bit kinder to yourself by recognizing that it impacts more people than you think um, alternatively, you might know people, um, if you're listening listen to this and you're not a mum or you're not yet a mum, it might be able to inform you to support people around you or potentially for yourself in the future. So I will um, speak to you all in the next episode. Have a wonderful week and um, yeah, talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Learning to Mum podcast. I really hope you found this episode somewhat useful and I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Have a good week. Bye.